It's time for Wolo and Friends on Sports 56, presented by Genesis of Olive Branch. Here is your host, the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. Happy Wednesday. So nice to have you with us today. We're busy. Steve Earhart's going to join us here in just a little bit. We'll talk AutoZone Liberty Bowl, 65th anniversary. Jason Munns will join us. We missed him on Monday. He fills in. Stats Norsworthy will be back next Wednesday. Jason Munns will talk all things Tigers. He's, he's put out the biggest five games. Really, it's six because he's got FAU twice on the schedule before the conference tournament. We'll go over all of those with him. Ron Higgins will join us. Did you see that there is a new, I guess it's 30 for 30 by ESPN, on Reggie White? Billy Donovan's in the background in it. Have you seen the thing? Um, I think I saw like highlights of Reggie White, but I didn't know they were doing a 30 for they, 30 on they, him. They did. I've. It's like through his son's eyes. I uh, I had the honor, honestly, of watching Reggie play his first professional year as a Memphis showboat. And watching the practices, his line coach was a guy named Chuck Dickerson, who was a character in his own right. All those that watch the original showboats will understand exactly what I'm talking about. He was, he was funny. Um, there was nobody funnier than Reggie, though, doing impersonations on airplanes. Watching him in practice, he was literally the fastest lineman, the fastest big man, period, I have ever seen. Ever. I mean, from that day to this, nobody ever faster that big than Reggie White. He was literally, he could beat the running backs in races on the field. He was incredible. Uh, and just a wonderful guy and a very faithful guy, as you could tell from uh, this particular piece. I only saw a little bit of it. I was between games, and I stumbled onto it. I've, I've read about it a little bit. Uh, and um, his son was talking about how he prayed, and he would do that. I mean, he, they called him the minister of defense. It was literal. He was a minister. And um, so they, they, he, he, he was talking, the son was, about how when Reggie decided to finally go to Green Bay, that he had actually literally prayed for hours about it. That was the kind of guy he was. He was truly a, a unique guy. There was, I mean, he may be the best player I've ever watched practice and play in a football uniform. Uh, uh, amazing. So if you get a chance, go see it. And Ron Higgins was one of the original beat writers of the USFL. That's how we got to Memphis years and years ago. We may talk a little bit about that and a whole bunch more. So we've got a busy morning coming your way. Four in a row now for the Memphis Grizzlies. Last night, it really was Marcus Smart, I think, who won the game with some defensive plays and some nifty passing. I mean, in overtime, the exclamation point was an inbound pass, sideline entry into the near right corner, okay? Then a quick pass, because here comes a double team, to Marcus Smart, who was the inbounder. And he takes one dribble, sees on the backside, here comes John Morant, LU pass, Slam dunk, and they needed that slam dunk, by the way, because they only ended up winning by one in overtime. Sort of a needless triple at the end. They were up four. Uh, it, it was really a pretty good game. Unsung heroes. You know, you got the big three. 
Ja, by the way, in the four games, and they're 4-0 with Ja. So if you'll recall, we talked about 13 games over 500. That's what it takes. Now they're four games over 500. They're 4-0 with Ja. He's averaging about 29 points a game in those four. But Bain had a big night, and Triple J had 19. So it was one point shy of all three 20-plus, which has been the story in this thing. But to me, it was Marcus Smart. Five steals in the game, heads-up plays, uh, a couple of critical assists. I, I, I thought it was his fighting spirit, his defensive play, his moxie that helped to win that game. Uh, not, not take anything away from Ja or Bain, who again, hits big threes when you have to have big threes. The other unsung hero in this was Xavier Tillman, who played really good defense. And on top of that, he had five blocks. Five blocks. I think his career high was two. To go to five, that's pretty impressive. The team as a whole set a record on the road. 17 blocks in that basketball game. That is amazing. Crazy ending in regulation. Um... Honestly, New Orleans blew it. They had the lead. They could have won the game. They didn't play very smart. They fouled Triple J, who could have won the game in regulation with 1.5 to go on a free throw, and he missed the second one. He had hit nine in a row, so you can't say terrible free throw shooting or whatever you want. I mean, nine out of ten is a pretty good figure. Unfortunately, the tenth one was a little short. Um, But he made amends, and this was... A mistake by the Pelicans coaching staff. They took Zion Williams out. Zion Williamson out. Part of that reason is because the guy, it's overtime, right? He's fatigued. He's so big, he can only go so long. And so they they take him out for a breather. They bring in a smaller guy. The Grizzlies recognize that. And Triple J scores two in a row in the paint over a guy who's just not big enough to handle him. So Williamson not being in the best of shape, not being able to be in there for the critical minutes, and the Pelicans' choice of replacement, whoo, that really hurt them. Uh, and then I, I mentioned the Ja Alleyoop. That was the icing on the cake. Another comeback from this team that once Ja got here has this incredible will to win. They were down 24 the first time. They played the Pelicans and came back. This time they were down 15 and came back to win. Um, Now they're in Denver tomorrow. That'll be the toughest test since Ja came back. And we shall see exactly how that thing will play out. But 4-0, that's exactly what the Grizzlies needed. If they're going to make postseason, they had to have a spectacular start to this new jaw era, a new beginning for their season. And they certainly have gotten that. And they haven't played chop liver. Twice against the Pels on the road, right? Once at home against Indy, which got to the finals of the in-season tournament, right? And then um, Atlanta on the road. On the road. So three of these four games have been won on the road. I would say that's a very, very promising beginning. By uh, by the way, and we'll talk with Steve Earhart a little bit about the, uh, a lot about the Autism Liberty Bowl, but um, a little bit of a surprise to me, uh, and maybe I'm the only guy, because I thought... We did a a, uh, a a Ryan Silverfield TV show that was sort of a, a, a preview of the game with Iowa State. And Tim Cramsey was on it. 
representing the offense. Of course, it was Ryan's show. He was the star of it. Uh, and then to replace Matt Barnes as the defensive coordinator that brought Charles Clark. Charles Clark had already been named one other time the defensive uh, coordinator on an interim basis. When the Tigers went to Hawaii to play, of course, that game was canceled, but he was named Mike McIntyre's replacement when um, he went to go get the head job at FIU. And then, you know, he names Charles Clark to be on the show. I thought, I'm reading between the lines, but I even think we talked a little bit on the show. I don't know if it was used about him calling plays. Uh, And then they named Jordan Hankins the interim defensive coordinator calling plays. So taken a little bit aback by that, but um, that is all in place. And the Tigers are going to have an interesting test. The, the, the great thing is, I think it's going to be a close game because Memphis has still a very potent offense. They're minus two offensive linemen, but everybody else is intact. And the at least one of the guys that is replacing one of the starters has played a lot. So that it's it's like you're down one. The other guy played a bunch at the end and is a promising guy at Guildhouse. So I think they'll be okay there. Uh, and if, if, if they can move the football, they'll stay with this team because this team actually has great defense, not a very good offense. I think this is a low-scoring, tight game all the way down. Steve Earhart's going to talk about that in just a minute. I'm sitting in the Family Leisure Studio, and I will let you know there's another sale coming. The, the Christmas sale is obvious, obviously over, but the after-Christmas sale, it's coming, and I'm sure it's going to involve the great things like the pools, the hot tubs, the saunas, even those massage chairs. You're still tired from all the shopping. All you got to do is get to I-40 and Widden Road, go see our friends, go see Billy, go see Lindsay, go see all the crew. They're there to make your stay beautiful. You'll love the inside. It's really well done. And maybe maybe, maybe you'll uh, even, even try your hand at some at some pool. All you got to do is get there. That's right there, I-40 Widden Road, just about a blah, maybe a half a mile to the north. Turn right, you're right there at Family Leisure. You know our title sponsor? That is the great folks at Genesis of Olive Branch, right at the corner of Craft Road. And that's the first exit, Mississippi, off Highway 78, which is Lamar. They've worked on that road. It's so quick to get there now. And you'll love what you see when you get there. Remember how we were down on cars all across the country? Loaded! And Genesis Olive Branch has several of these very fast-moving Genesis SUVs. The guy to go see there is Vinny Gerard. He is over the Genesis cars, and he's got specials now on the SUVs, the GV70, the smaller SUV, and the GV80 larger. They both have all the new bells and whistles, all the new technology. What a car. With that luxury ride and all the toys, you can't beat Genesis. You can't beat the SUVs. Go see Vinny at Genesis of Olive Branch. Fresh off the uh, FCA breakfast this morning, that would be our friend Steve Earhart, I'm sure you're good and full from that really wonderful <laughs> breakfast. Who spoke? Who was the the featured uh, speaker today? It was uh, Chris Walker, who is the you know Christian Brothers or Christian Brothers High School graduate who went and played for the University of Tennessee and then played for the Baltimore Ravens, and he spoke uh, more about his uh, experiences here 
at CBC, or C, not, not the college, but the high school, CBHS. Christian Brothers High School, CBHS, and uh, about his uh, faith and his uh, immersion into the, uh, you know, the FCA mission. And so uh, he spoke well, and uh, it, was, it was a good event, a big sold-out event, and uh, it's a fundraiser for the FCA, and we're glad to help and partner with FCA as we have, this is one of our official events, the uh, AutoZone Liberty Bowl FCA Breakfast. Um, you got more, you had the rodeo. How did that work out? Yeah, the rodeo went fine yesterday and we had the first time we, we had a new, we've always had bull riding, but we had a, a big new gold belt buckle, you know, the, you know, the rodeo cowboys, those of the, your listeners out there, you know, that's a big deal. So we had autos and Liberty Bowl, uh, a beautiful, uh, belt buckle for the winning cowboy on the bull riding. So, do you, yeah, do you have one of those nice belt event. buckles? I mean, I do. I do not. Really? You I'm know, shocked. I have I mean, never, I have never been a bull rider. Dave, you would now, you would fit in now. Do you know the average weight and height of uh, bull riders? You know, this well, is I'm sure contest. I exceed the weight now. Back yeah. in my day, I would have been. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You but know, when I lived in Steamboat, there was a rodeo on a regular basis there, and there were a lot of cowboys. Oh, yeah. You could see yeah. in practice right by Howlson Hill, there was a little rodeo <laughs> arena. Seriously. All right. So um, you're the new rodeo king. All no, right, no, David, no. I swear to you, I saw that one time, and I said, these people are absolutely crazy. I mean, every time you end up in a major fall on a fast moving something, right? Like if you're doing the bull riding, you're, you're how many pounds, thousands of pounds of that thing weigh, and it's yeah. trying to kill you. It's trying to <laughs> and then kill they you. you. I know that's right, exactly right. But it was it was a great event, and then of course we uh, we roll into our team welcome party tonight. So the. Uh, the players from both uh, the University of Memphis and Iowa State will be out at uh, Dave and Buster's having dinner, and then you know having a chance to play all their games. I don't play compete in all their various games. They're not coming together now. We the old days of putting teams together, I think, are passe now. But uh, each one of them will have a couple hours out there at uh, Dave and Buster's tonight, and then of course tomorrow we really swing into action with the uh, the 10 o'clock NCA meeting with the ESPN people and the band people and everything, and then the parade steps off at 2 p.m. on Beale Street, and uh, and the Iowa State people are actually, they're having a pep rally uh, tomorrow at noon in uh, at AutoZone Park. And they have the team there and so on, and then they all gather, and the thousands of them march down from AutoZone Park to Beale Street to get ready to get into all the clubs and the restaurants and drink some bush light beer and be ready for the parade at 2 o'clock. So, uh, and then after the parade, immediately afterwards, the, the Tigers band and the, uh, or the mighty band of the South, Sound of the South. Sound of the South. Of the South, I get the right name. And the Iowa State band will face off there in Handy Park with kind of battle of the bands. We call it the Bash on Beale. And so we encourage your listeners to come on down there. There's more people throwing out candy. People are loading up with a kid, but you can jump in and out of the clubs. I know the Tigers headquarters, I believe, is at Alfred's there for the parade. So, you know, encourage people to come down. It's one of downtown's biggest events of the entire year, and there'll be thousands of, uh, you know, uh, Cyclone fans down there. So uh, encourage uh, Tiger fans to come on down. You'll have a good time down there and, uh, you know, if, uh, get some candy for the kids or, you know, drink a beer for the, the adults there. So big day tomorrow. And then, of course, the, the game uh, on the next day, there are pre, pre-game buffet, that wonderful event, all you can eat and drink. You know, the Tigers will be in the Creative Arts Building. We have a, a band there. And then the pep band for the Tigers will be coming through that step. That's starts at 11 a.m., 
last till one one o'clock one thirty, and then head over to the stadium for kickoff at uh, at two thirty p.m. at the stadium. So a lot of events coming fast and furious, and a lot of folks from uh, Iowa State getting into town. Uh, we had a great uh, experience. The the Cyclones came into town actually on Christmas Eve on the twenty fourth, so they've already been here. Uh, they're staying six nights, and I know the Tigers moved into the Sheraton yesterday and uh you know they had had a team dinner over there yesterday and both teams are practicing today getting ready for the game but i i heard you say something earlier david you thought it'd be a low scoring game yeah i'm going to disrespect as they say okay. with all due respect i disagree with you i think it's going to be a high scoring game for the following reasons that uh, i think both offenses are pretty explosive and uh, their defenses are maybe not their strong suit so i I uh, I what's the over and under, and I'll take whatever the whatever you got. I'll huh, take the over huh. against you, David. Let let me let me take a quick look at that. Uh, this since you bring up, I know this because I started the charts already. We meet with the coaches um, on Thursday. Hey, but and by the way, you've made this very downtown centric. Uh, it used to be that. Um, the the uh, one of the teams would stay out at the Hilton in East Memphis. Now everything's downtown. Yeah. You got it at Sheridan. well because of the parade and the proximity there, and the folks wanted to be downtown. And but we do have uh, each band. The Iowa State band stays at the uh, guest house at Graceland, and then the Tigers do stay. The Tigers band, the Sound of the South, they they stay out here at the Hilton. But I think um, the teams really wanted to be downtown and you know be there as where course with bass pro shops they'd be close there and then all the activity down on uh, beale street there so yes that's true but the the hilton still has a band staying with them and and the bands get in town today and so but uh yeah on all the high school bands that are in town and one other thing that we haven't uh stressed lately but uh is a great uh situation is the gold star families the gold we, we uh host with complimentary tickets for 300 Gold Star families, and they're going to have, they're going to meet at the, I believe at 11 o'clock at the uh, Sports and Events Center. The 300 families that have all lost a, a member in service to the country, and then they're going to march down to the new Woody Williams uh, monument there, by just on the other side of the fountain there. And each family going to lay a, a, a yellow rose there in memory of their lost one. And that's so a beautiful that, thing. That's a cool, cool. Be, be, that's a good word, David. A, it's a beautiful thing. And so, you know, if you're out there uh, on Tiger Lane, when you see 300 families uh, marching in together down down through from from the Sports and Events Center, and so yeah, there's so much great activity. And so I really would like to invite Memphians to come out and enjoy all the festivities. It's a great event, putting Memphis on the map with a great television rating and uh it's not going to be that cold there's no rain in the insights the, the weather people say it's uh it might be a little early in the morning but by afternoon there'll be be no precipitation so you know it could be in the they say in the 45 to 50 uh range but uh with no precipitation it'll be a good crisp football game so uh we really encourage memphis fans to come out and join because we know we're going to have a great crowd coming down from iowa state so uh Come out and enjoy this. There's still good seats available. Whether you can, you know, they get them on online. If you're a, a Memphis booster, you know, they've still got their tickets on their website that they're digital that you can just uh, plug into, or you can call our office or Ticketmaster, uh, you know. And so we really encourage folks to come out and uh, be a, a really uh, a great, great celebration of our community. So uh, we appreciate the folks that have already 
got their tickets, but uh, you know, let's let's get a big crowd out there. The over under is fifty seven and a half points. Do you want to do a little lunch bet on this thing? I'll take All the right. under. Okay, you got the unders. I got the over. Now remember, now Iowa State, and I've watched them practice one time. Now we we got snowed out of their last game. If some of your listeners may remember, it snowed like hell at Kansas State. Yeah, they scored forty five in that game. Forty two, actually. Oh, forty two. Uh, forty two. Forty two. Thirty five. You're this, right. It, yeah, this is an amazing that was on Maybe That was on snow. They, they had a the running back went crazy. Deep, deep snow. And Abu, he's a freshman, and yeah. I've asked a lot about him. They say they re, he was a track-type guy, a triple-jump-type guy, but he's got good, thick legs, and so they moved him to running back, and he went for 270 yards rushing, three touchdowns, one of 76, 73, and 67. I mean, the guy is electric. I mean, now that's one game, but they... Just watching him in practice, he could be. Yeah, that was a, a that was on station. snow. That was on snow. On snow. All right. Well, so well, he still was jumping over people, and if he's a he's a Olympic triple jump threat, so uh, it'll be interesting to see if the Tigers can handle him. And then their their freshman quarterback reminds me a lot of the Tigers' quarterback. You know, he's the freshman of the year in the Big Twelve. Yeah. Rocco is his first name, so uh, yeah, it'll be Beck, uh, his dad played in the NFL for Tampa. Is that right? I yeah. see. I learned something from you, David. I did not that? know that. I learned that so. from T.J. Reeves yesterday. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's why I think it'll be a high scoring. I think the offenses, uh, you know, are going to produce, and I think uh, the Tigers have a good receiver core, and the running back has really uh, blossomed here the last several games. So, I, that's why I think there'll be a lot of scoring. I maybe I'm jaded because of last year's game it was 55 to 53 set an all time record, but I I think it'll be a good high scoring game. Okay, I, I just hope it's a good game. Honestly, yeah. okay. uh, well, it's and, a great and of course, the, the Tigers end up, up winning. Last thing, last pitch for you. Tell me how ticket sales are. Are, are, are we going to equal what we saw in this same game seven years ago? No, I, I don't think so. That that was, there was so much enthusiasm with the Tigers at that time. Remember, they had just played in the championship game, and uh, Mike Norvell was you know promoting you know all over town, and you know there was a lot of excitement and. And what I pointed out to the uh, to the Iowa State team when I, I visited them, I said all three running backs for the Tigers that game were, went to the NFL. Remember right. that was Tony Pollard and Anderson and Taylor and then uh, Anthony Gibson. Miller. And so Gibson, there there was some Ta- like, Taylor's yeah, yeah. the fourth. Four guys on that team were running backs. Four, four running backs that have played oh, that's, in that's the an NFL. Amazing stat. And, yeah. and they were marveling at that. And of course, uh, they had some good players. You know the. Uh, the receiver that uh, you know was the most valuable player that in that game and went on still playing with the Giants and then the running back uh, was David Montgomery you know who was playing he had a good game with the Giants here Sunday so there were some really good matchups there but you know but we're still encouraging it'll be a nice crowd but I I, I don't think we'll be able to you know break the, the total sellout that we had six years ago but right. again. Please uh, send tell all your friends to come on out and enjoy the game. And uh, the the Barquets are playing at halftime. They've got a they've got five songs they're going to reel off from uh, Soul Man to Soul Finger to Shaft to uh, Knock on Wood. And so there'll be some rocking times there at halftime. And of course we have the patriotic uh, pregame, the swearing in ceremony of the new Navy recruits. And uh, so you know it's it's a real spectacle, and we really it's a signature event for Memphis for the for the rest of the world. So uh, please come on out and join us on Friday afternoon. All right, next next week we'll uh, wrap it up. It'll be the new year. We'll wrap up this bowl. And I, I want to talk to you about the Reggie White documentary. I don't 
No, if you've had a chance to see it, there's a great uh, shot of Billy Donovan in there. Yeah, I saw that, and in fact, I saw, uh, remember Jimmy Sexton's dad, Dr. Sexton? Sure. I saw him this morning at the FCA. We we talked about that uh, 30 for 30 piece on Reggie and about how, remember, Reggie White moved in to Dr. Sexton's home here in Memphis. Oh, I, so, I forgot about yeah. that one. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that next week. Yeah, Thank you, my friend. Good. See Thank you, you, David. See you, see you, see you tomorrow night at the, at the gala, baby. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You're you know, those of you coming to the gala, look for Dave Lotion, the master dancer, out on the dance floor. Please, please, please. <laughs> yeah. uh, I would love to move like Reggie White, though. That would be something. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. E. Thank you Thank immensely. You. That is our guy, Steve Earhart, the big cheese, head honcho of the Auto Zone Liberty Bowl, brought to you in part by the good folks at Dinstools. And I got to tell you, as we end the year, Dinstools wants to wish everybody in New Year filled with treats for your celebrations, your tailgating with the Tigers, your watch parties for all the bowl games. You can drop by any of the five locations through Saturday this week. It's just like the Christmas drill. No Sunday, no Monday, of course. Uh, and you can go Laurelwood, my neck of the woods, Germantown, Collierville, Pleasant View, and downtown. All stores again closed Sunday and Monday. And they want to wish you all a very happy, healthy, and sweet new year from the entire Dinstals team. We pause for a second. When we come back, uh, we will chat with our good friend Jason Munns. It's all Tigers basketball. That comes your way momentarily right here on Wallow and Friends. Be sure to follow us at Sports56WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports56WHBQ. Now back to Wallow and Friends on Sports 56. Presented by Genesis of Olive Branch. Here once again is the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. You could see Jason say that Jason Munz is the pilot of coverage on the Tigers. We missed him on Monday because of the holiday. Flexible enough is Jason Munns that we could get him today. We appreciate that. Uh, so the Tigers get to 19 in the AP, 18 in the coaches. Had they beaten Vandy the same way they had beaten Virginia, do you think they would have been ranked higher? Good morning. Happy holidays to you, Munzee. Good morning, Wola. Thank you, and I hope you had a great holiday as well. But uh, to answer your question, yes, I think they probably – I think Memphis probably gets into the top 15 – um, certainly, in, I think in both polls, uh, had they gone out and gotten some style points. Um, but as it happened, they had to fight, scratch, and claw <laughs> at home against a Vanderbilt team that has not been very good this year. Um, and so that's what happened. Uh, I, I think that it put a little bit of a damper on the uh, – uh, you know, the good vibes coming off the Virginia game and off the Clemson game. But, you know, uh, I, I guess we're kind of – we're at this point feels like we're splitting hairs a little bit. I mean, I'm, I'm with you 100%. I think that um, this team, this, this Memphis basketball team, there's not, there's not at the very least 14 other teams in the country that are better than them or have played better than them this season. Um, but 
yeah, I mean, when you struggle at home against a Vanderbilt team that is struggling the way this Vanderbilt team is, uh, then, you know, you're going to – it's been hard enough already this season to convince the voters that you are worthy of inclusion. And so that, that gave a few people, I'm sure, a good excuse to leave you further down on their ballot. And why do you think they played so poorly? Is this just like catching your breath after that in unreal stretch – of three straight ranked wins and Virginia blowing them out. Was it maybe illness? Because I, I know Mills and Jones couldn't practice. We're doing IVs. Um, what, what, what do you attribute to the Tigers really getting lucky? They should have lost the game. Yeah, I mean, I would say two. those two things are probably at the top of my list. Um, the fact that, and you mentioned, yeah, Penny said after the game that Caleb Mills and and David Jones had been very sick. Um, uh, that that even David Jones was was getting was on an IV after the game. Uh, after dropping twenty eight points, uh, he had to get hooked up to. Uh, uh, he had he had to receive some more fluids, and it actually it sounded like by the way Penny de- described it, it prevented him from flying home as planned huh. um, on the t- on the twenty third. Well, he had I, to wait. I can attest to this. He was supposed to be on the postgame show with us as an interview, and they go, yep. "Hey, hey, Dave, he's he's taking an IV, so we'll bring you yeah. Na- Naquan uh, uh, Tomlin," which was was nice. But it's always fun to talk to to uh, to David Jones. He's an interesting character, no doubt. <laughs> he is. He is. But uh, you also had Jaquan Walton, who uh, uh, Penny said Penny said to us that he didn't even know how he played because he had been dealing with that ankle problem. He had been limping all week right. uh, with that ankle issue. And so, um, you know, you had him who wasn't at 100%, and Caleb and David who weren't at 100%. But um, it has been a grueling, a very grueling stretch. And, you know, it looks like it might have that plus the fact that, you know, I'm sure some of the guys were looking forward to uh, getting out of town and, and laying low for a couple of days, and he kind of put it all together, and, and I think that's, the, you know, all those were the biggest reasons why. It was a very uh, nice moment when Tomlin entered the game, you know, got the it? ball on that right wing, passed it to the corner, got it right back, no one was on him, so he said, okay, and makes his very first three, his first attempt. As a Tiger, it was a swish, and the crowd went crazy. That was a beautiful moment. But then you could tell he was rusty and he got tired. Uh, what What is your yeah. take on what he will be like, not in that game, but in the long run for Memphis? So I think we saw uh, very fleeting glimpses of the sorts of things that he can do. Um, that You mentioned the three-pointer. Uh, what about the... Um, the drive where he sort of like threw up this little off balance deal that, that hung up on the rim for what felt like uh, a long time. And then eventually went down and and he gets the and one. Like I just, I think there were a lot, you know, it was, it was largely clunky and clumsy uh, because he has not played in the game since March. Um, He does not, fully know the system the system doesn't you know the teammates don't fully know him his coaches don't fully know him um you know there's there was a lot uh of of clunkiness to his debut but if that's as bad as it's going to get and i mean who knows maybe maybe there will be 
I mean, he's going to struggle, you would think, here and there. But if that's as bad as it's going to get, well, then I think Memphis and the Tigers and, and you know, you're in for a pretty special uh, last you know, last half or last two thirds of the season or three quarters of the season, depending on how far they go in the NCAA tournament. But um, I, I think you saw some of he can shoot the three, he can he can uh, you know create his own shot, he can penetrate, he can handle the ball a little bit, he can rebound, he can block shots. Uh, he's a game changer. He, he just is. He's a game changer, and um, if it only gets better from here, look out. Well, it, he's in. It sure looks like Jordan Brown is out. No word on anything about Jordan Brown. What's what's your hunch? What do you what do you figure out here? Yeah, I mean it it just this has lingered far too long for in in my estimation, just the my read of the situation, it, it it's lingered far too long for there to be any sort of uh, reunion or reconciliation, whatever the case may be. Um, when was that old Miss game? That was the last game he played. That was December second. So, I guess you know we are at we haven't yet quite reached four weeks um, since he. But but you're departed. it's five wins. <laughs> He's oh, yeah. been gone for all five wins. No, that's true. Uh, and they look a lot better. The team looks a lot better. I think the team feels a lot better. I think the team feels tighter, um, you know, without without uh, Jordan Brown. It just it just never felt like he was compatible with Penny's system, and uh, so I, I would be very surprised if he does come back. The last time Penny was asked about it was after the Virginia game, and uh, the way he phrased it was, "We haven't turned the page." Um, but he also, like, he didn't say he was sick. He, he, that was the first time he, he addressed Jordan Brown without saying he was sick, uh, or still sick. Um, so, so there was that, but, uh, you know, he didn't say anything about, you know, he won't be back. So I don't know. I just, I, I would be surprised if at this stage, having gone this long without him, that he'd be back. All right, one more non-conference game, Austin P, and then we get yep. into the conference schedule. You have written an interesting article, the most important games left on the schedule. Uh, you've got six six games, five teams, because you included both Florida and Atlantic. What I was interested in was, you know, you, you have proclaimed to me we have a little dinner bet or lunch bet, whatever it is. Whatever. Uh, on... Uh, you're saying the Tigers are going to lose at ECU. You know, I've watched ECU, and that is viable. But did you see what their net ranking is? It's in the twos. By the way, the worst American team in the net ranking, I mean, it's bad. Texas San Antonio is 312. You can't lose that game. I don't care where it is. You can't lose that game. And... And and not kill your net ranking. 312. But you've got... At Tulsa, the opener. At Tulane, where it's always hard for Memphis. Uh, Charlotte at home, which was surprising to me. Both FAU games and the UAB game, but not in Birmingham, the one here, which I found yeah. curious. So let's talk about it. All right. Yeah. So uh, obviously, I put Tulsa in there just because it's the uh, conference opener and it's on the road. 
Uh, and you and, and you and had he, to remind everybody that Memphis yeah. with Penny lost eighty to forty there one time. Well, I, I the the reason I include it is because I know for a fact that Penny hasn't forgotten it, never will. He told me uh, recently that he he he'll never forget that, and so um, I think for that reason that game is always going to be important. To Memphis. You know that that uh, game might have been where he began to change his mind about what he wanted to do with recruiting, because that was that was that great team, that was that young team that had Kenyonis and Boogie and DJ and, Jeffries. and DJ Jeffries and. Um, Precious, Precious Achua. So you're talking about um, Boogie's become a great player at USC. Jeffries has become a very competent player at Mississippi State. I'm not going to say a star, uh, but a good right. player. Um, and Precious Achua is, you know, sometimes starter in the NBA. How did that and team get beat by 40 against a no-name team at, at Tulsa? Um that that uh, I, I wonder if Penny actually thought, is this the right job for me at that point? I don't know. That's a good question. Or if, or if like you said, if uh, if that may may have planted the seed for, uh, you know, maybe I don't need to go so young all the time. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I think I think the Imani Bates uh, ordeal might have. <laughs> that was the sealer, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, but so, so I got Tulsa on there. Uh, I do have Tulane because it it, it, it never goes well. It, it feels like it's uh, every game in New Orleans of the Penny Hardaway era has been decided by seven or fewer points, um, including the last two, which have both been losses for the Tigers each the past two years. So that just feels like it's always tough. Uh, for for Memphis, you know, there, part but... of the reason why is you have to manufacture your own energy. I mean, it's, yeah, it's always fairly empty. There's usually almost as many Tiger fans or more than Tulane fans. Uh, although this may be yep. different because this Tulane team can be good. This kid um, Kraft has what th- two straight triple doubles that he had. I mean, that's Kevin Cross. I mean, Cross. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah that, that's back that's back amazing. Yeah, and they have the preseason player of the year, Jalen Forbes, still. Yeah, um, I I don't know if he's actually I don't I don't know how much he's played this year, but because um, they 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 have not been they don't look good Tulane uh, so far this season. Even though yeah, I mean, like they've lost to George Mason, they had to beat Furman in double overtime. Uh, so so, but still, it's a tough place to play. Um, you mentioned Charlotte. I put Charlotte on there because it's at home, and it's the game before you host. Florida Atlantic four days later, and I just feel like trap game. Trap. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I could have picked. So obviously, I have FAU on there twice, but I picked. Uh, there's two games in between FAU, in between the two FAU games, and that's East Carolina on the road and UAB at home. I I could have picked either one, honestly. Uh, East Carolina's away, um, and I know that I had predicted before the season that that would be a loss, and I still would. You know, we'll see. Um, but uh, I, I went with the home game against UAB just because it's the last game before the last FAU game uh, on the road, and I feel like you know uh, that's another that's got another sort of trap e type feel to it. Uh, on top of the fact that UAB uh, was playing really really well that time of year last season under Andy Kennedy, so I, I feel like uh, you know if history is any indicator. Uh, UAB might be playing pretty well by that time as well. All right, last thing uh, looks like let's just say Tigers are going to be eleven and two in non-conference. 
Yep. What, what will they end up? What's their conference record? Uh, before the season, I predicted sixteen and two, and I'm going to stick with that. Um, yeah, I think I'm, that's I'm about right. Wow! So if that's the case, sixteen and two, Memphis would be twenty-seven and four going into the conference tournament. Amen to that. Yeah. Happy New Year, buddy. When when we talk, uh, and we'll have to figure out a time for you next week. When we talk, uh, it'll be 2024. Excellent. I am looking forward to it. I'll see you at the Autos and Liberty Bowl, I got a feeling. Okay. All right. You yes, got it. You will. That's our man. That is Jason Munns from the Commercial Appeal. Before I forget about it, speaking of the Autos and Liberty Bowl, we've got a giveaway today and then again tomorrow. Tomorrow will be three tickets, I think it is. Two tickets, really good tickets, plus... The buffet plus a premium parking pass, all brought to you by the Mid-South Lions, our friend Brad Baker. If you are, what did we say, it was third caller yesterday, let's make it the fourth caller today, 901-360-8255, Fourth caller, you get two premium tickets, the buffet and parking to the AutoZone Liberty Bowl on Thursday. You and a lucky person... If you're the fourth caller, and the fourth caller is ringing right now, we'll get to you momentarily. Zach will write down who is the winner. we got to take a break. When we come back, we go to Baton Rouge. We talk to our friend Ron Higgins on Wallow and Friends. Start your day with Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10, right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Wallow and Friends on Sports 56. Presented by Genesis of Olive Branch. Here once again is the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. Congratulations to Scott Rawls. He is our winner of those really good tickets and the parking pass and the buffet to the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. On Friday, that is courtesy of Mid-South Lions and, of course, our friend Brad Baker. we got three more we will give away tomorrow. But, Scott Rawls, you are the winner today. To Baton Rouge we go. Our friend Ron Higgins joins us now. Um, you, the first time I ever met you, I, I remember it was in Washington, D.C., uh, in, in a bar in Georgetown with our friend Paul Hartledge because uh, you were covering the showboats. And yeah. uh, you, you thought uh, we ordered pitchers, and, and actually the <laughs> Paul Harlech almost took your hand off when you grabbed to go pour some. <laughs> I'll never forget that as long as I live. Yeah. But we had the pleasure of watching, to me, the fastest big man I, to this day I've ever seen. He could beat in practice, uh, and Chuck Dickerson would have him running against running backs. He beat these guys in, in races, Reggie White, and there's this wonderful documentary that's out. You brought it to my attention this morning. Give me your sense of it. It was just a really a really good overview of Reggie White. They called, called the Minister of Defense, which was his nickname. Uh, and it just, it just examined every side of Reggie White, uh, just the the good human being he was, uh, uh, conflicted on some issues, a funny human being, uh, pleasant to be around always. Teammates loved him, uh, played hard uh, everywhere he went, was just an absolute athletic freak, uh, best defensive tackle maybe in the history of pro football. 
just would just throw people aside. I mean, when you watch his film, you realize that uh, there, there, there's one play where he Chris Carter tries to block him, and he takes Chris Carter and throws him into the quarterback and sacks the quarterback. Just picks him and throws him, <laughs> uh, and you just start laughing. And and but he was a delight to be around. Uh, he was somewhat naive. Uh, uh, you know, he, he got taken advantage of by a local uh, by Memphis clothier who sold him a bunch of socks. Uh, well, that, that that actually stemmed wasn't that from a an, an article Mike Fleming wrote long uh, former yeah, yeah. And, and so, and commercial so, but, but, appeal writer but, but, and, and Pepper Rogers turned into like Reggie Reggie White Sock Day. Yes, all the fans right. played socks. Yeah, to make Reggie feel better. Well, then they uh, called it the 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 like the sock exchange, even though it was like a play on words for the sack machine. Yeah, uh, and so, I mean, so they turned into something good. Yeah, uh, you know, and and we all have uh, great memories of that team. It didn't they didn't last that long because of Donald Trump ruined the ruined right. the uh, he sure did USFL. But uh, you know, the best owner ever in Billy Donovan. Uh, I mean, I mean, got the resources to win, would do anything to win. Uh, players loved him, uh, loved Billy Dumman. Pepper Rogers was the ideal coach for that team. Just an offbeat, funny human being. Uh, it was the most, probably one of the most fun I ever had covering a team. I know it had to be the same for you. It was. Uh, well, and, it was and, 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 my first taste of what the major leagues felt like, really. Because yeah, Billy yeah. ran the team like an NFL team. You brought, you hired away the assistant commissioner of the league in Steve Earhart, who's a New York guy who'd come from Colorado. But, I mean, he he was a big-time guy. He put a lot of resources into it. They were stealing guys away like Louis Sharp from the NFL. I mean, they were serious about winning. And at that point, the difference between the USFL now and the USFL then is that this was a, an attempt to try to get into the NFL. That was what Billy Donovan had in mind. And in fact, you know, if we, Memphis had built a new stadium, I clearly believe uh, either Seattle or Jacksonville would have been a Memphis football team. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, they did build one, so there you, go. you are where you are, and you have a, a pro basketball team that has their star back. Yeah, and. And uh, it's fun watching them have play joyful again and having a good time and having fun. Yeah, they've and, won four uh, in a row since he's back. He is one of those transcendent guys that lifts, lifts, you know, like the high tide lifts all boats. That's what he's doing with this team. There's no doubt. I mean, every time Memphis comes on, whether it's college or pro, I still watch. Uh, you know, and you know, you're the Memphis play-by-play guy for everything, and their, their basketball team. We talked about this last week. This is a really good team because when it doesn't play well, it can win. Yeah, like Vandy, and, right? Like Vandy, when it doesn't play well, it can win. And they didn't play against me. I mean, Vandy, Chris Vandy shot out of, their, out of their mind. Okay, we know that. But they still, they still found a way to win. That's why, that's why I think this team can go a long way. Yeah, no, they, I, they, they, I, you I, know, they, they win close games. They know how to win close games. And they don't get rattled. And even when they don't play great, they they know how to win. This is clearly, in my mind, the best team since 08. That, uh, that, that, yeah, that was a special team that should have won the national title. So we'll see what this one one does. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of want to look ahead. Ole, Ole Miss seems to be incredibly leaning up in the portal. Yeah. You add Oklahoma and Texas. And I know we're still talking bowls, right? Uh, but there are so many opt-outs. Tennessee's down to a freshman running back, right? 
Uh, he was going to be the heir apparent, but but the other two running backs have left. Uh, and they're playing their and now they're playing their freshman quarterback as the uh, uh, Milton entered the portal. Mil- that, that's Milton. right. That's yeah. right. And and um, uh, I'm trying to remember, but uh, uh, you know, Florida State's down to their third string quarterback, who's the kid mm-hmm. from Lausanne here, uh, it, because uh, obviously their first quarterback got hurt, but the second one just went into the portal, uh, and. and you know these bowl games; it'll really be impacted next year when, if you're not in the playoffs, what it's really going to mean for, um, you know, your your better players, especially if they think that they are going to a better situation or they're going to the NFL draft. I, I have no idea what's going to happen. So let's look ahead: Ole Miss, Texas, Oklahoma. I mean, then you still have Alabama and Georgia. How how would you rank what's going to happen next year? In the SEC, who who would be your top six, seven teams? Well, I would go uh, not in, not in any order. I, I can't pick an order. Uh, Alabama, uh, Alabama uh, Georgia, Texas, uh, Ole Miss, LSU, probably Auburn, Oklahoma. Wow! So you think Auburn? They did have a good class. You think Hugh Freeze will turn it around that much? Yeah, they had they, they had a good class. All right, so you just named. Hard. Let's see, you, you named. It was like Alabama, seven. Georgia, Texas, Ole Miss, LSU, LSU Auburn, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. That's seven. Yeah. yeah. How how yeah. many of those seven get into the playoff? All of them? No, the other twelve team playoff not going to get it all in. Uh, I'd say well, there's only seven. Uh, oh, oh, well, there'd be six open spots, right? Yeah. Uh, bec- because you've got the winner of the SEC, the winner of the Big Ten, the winner of the Big East, the winner of the Big Twelve, and the group of five. So that's five. So there's actually seven spots. I, I said they'll, they'll probably get three. I mean, like uh, they'll probably get three. I don't see them getting four. So that'll be a battle. I mean, really well. Yeah, I think uh, I think they'll get four. Spots easy out of the twelve. Four yeah. easy. Yeah, the champion so, and three others. I think they could get four others. I I wouldn't be surprised if they got five of 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 the uh, possible eight spots for the SEC for, for for any conference. Well, we'll see. We're getting to the bowls this year. I, I, I'm 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 on those lunatics, Dave. That I watch a little bit of every bowl. I mean, I just do. I love watching bowl games. So were you watching the bowl games last night? Yeah. Yeah. You watched Still Texas was. State and Rice? I, I, I caught about a quarter of that because the Texas State quarterback used to be at LSU for uh, his, his freshman year. He's from Ponce, Louisiana. Right. So I watched, I watched that. Uh, and that was Texas State's first bowl game ever, I believe. Correct. Yeah. It sure was. It sure was. Uh, uh I call up at a Bowling Green, Minnesota. Minnesota's quarterback. He's a senior. Uh, he was getting his first college start ever in his last game of his career because somebody opted out. Uh, and Kansas and UNLV was a, a good game because both those teams are uh, had, had had good years. They're trying to rebuild. Yeah, well, Barry, Barry, Barry Adam did a marvelous job at, at UNLV. Yeah. I mean, he really and so did. Today, today is the same thing. It's people I want to watch. Tulane, of course, is right down the road. And they, you know, without their head coach and without their quarterback, I, I don't I don't see how they have much. Well, we don't never know these crazy bowl games. That's true. Uh, 
Yeah, Carolina and West Virginia. I always watch that just to see the winning coach get a bunch of mayonnaise dumped on him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Louisville USC is an uh, interesting matchup. Uh, you know, US, USC underachieved. Louisville was kind of in the middle somewhere. They, they uh, now, Kayla Williams is not playing in that game, correct? No, I don't think he is. I don't think he is. A and M Oklahoma State. I don't know about that one. I I like to watch a little bit I, again. I, because you never know, a lot of these games are really, really surprising competitive. I mean, a lot of them have great comebacks. Uh, uh, and a lot of them win their first bowl game ever, which is always fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not like your typical. You just love fan. look. You love college sports. Your dad was yeah, yeah, yeah. SID I mean, for, I'm, 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 for yeah. goodness sake. There, there's stories everywhere. There's everybody. Oh, has, yeah. You know, I, I, I mean, I don't. You don't have to play for the ultimate prize to. to to have a game mean something to you, you just don't. You know, I mean, make uh, sure you make sure you watch tomorrow. Oh, not tomorrow, Friday. AutoZone Liberty Bowl, three thirty. Tigers. Oh yeah, and, and Iowa that. State. Buddy, happy always. New Year! We'll do this again next week. We always appreciate your your stories and your insight. All right, Wallow. Take care. We'll you got it. That is our SEC historian. That is Ron Higgins down in Baton Rouge. He's brought to you by Grind City Brewing, taking bear, care of beerness in Memphis. It's funny. I met him over beer. <laughs> and I know he would love this stuff. He would love Poppy's Pills, the Pilsner. That is just what the doctor ordered. Sometimes you come across a beer so smooth and crushable, it cures what ails you. That's what Poppy's Pills does. There's the India Pale Ale, the God Hopper. I think that's the number two seller. There's the wonderful lager, an amber lager called Thaddeus. If you like Blue Moon, there's the Belga, the Belgian-style wheat ale. There's a craft malt liquor that's got a little extra alcoholic punch to it. That's Tiger Tail. Grab a Tiger Tail. I promise you, you'll love that. You'll love everything about Grind City Brewing. You'll love the facilities downtown, just a little north of downtown with the view of the bridges and the skyline and uh, this beautiful uh, acreage they have with picnic tables on it and then the the inside the brewery it's beautiful it was a father and son dream that has become an incredible business it's grind city brewing taking care of beerness in memphis that'll do it for our wednesday johnny radio is next we'll see you tomorrow morning